Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Insights with me, Dean Shams. If you are in your 40s and 50s, these are scary times. The pandemic has made it very clear that there is no such thing as job security. When you lose your job at this stage in your life, it can be difficult to get rehired despite the fact that you're highly skilled and experienced. Yes, the world is unfair, but that doesn't mean all is lost. My guest in this episode, Pamela Wigglesworth, is saying that even if you're in your 40s or 50s, it's not too late to start thinking like an entrepreneur. She says that it is the one thing that could make you thrive in the next lap of your career. So let's find out more from the woman who has been an entrepreneur for almost 30 years. Hi, Pam. Welcome hey, to the show. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Really good. Great. Happy to let's, be here. Let's, let's dive right into the topic. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So why do you say people who are in their mid-careers, usually they are in their 40s and 50s, need to adopt an entrepreneur mindset? Are you asking us to leave our jobs and start businesses? What's your thought? Um, that's, that's a fabulous question to start with, Dean. Um, and it's a yes and no answer. Um, when I say yes, it's because, as you said, job security doesn't exist anymore. That just, just doesn't happen. So people in their late 40s, early 50s, and even 60s are losing their jobs. And it's not because they're not experienced or because they've done something wrong. If it comes down to it and the company is hurting financially, it's salaries that they look at. And those in their 40s and 50s and 60s are at the high end of the pay scale. So the easiest way is to cut employment and cut people and therefore they cut the bottom line. So they are greatest at risk. And because they are at the level that they are, to be able to receive the same pay scale is going to be challenging for them. So what I'm advocating is that while you're working, that you start a side business so that you still have some finances coming in in the event something happens and you lose your job prematurely or before you're ready. And it's, uh, with technology today, it's a lot easier to do that, right? That absolutely, absolutely. Now, some people are going to say, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and mm. this is true. And yet, we still have a ways to go, uh, even as we move into the, the new year. But as you point out, technology is the way to go. Technology is your BFF. It is... Uh, I say to everybody, it is the best time to be an entrepreneur because we have technology at our fingertips. All we need is that mobile phone and an email address, and we can be in business right now. Excellent. Now, before we get into the technical side of it, I want to touch about the mindset. So what constitutes entrepreneur's mindset? Because I believe that it is very different from an employee mindset. So we are now talking to people who are in a job or maybe in between jobs. So using the same employee mindset, I'm going to say that it's gonna, not going to work if you're going to do a side hustle. So let's mm. talk about the, the entrepreneur's mindset now. Okay, good question. Before we go there, let's back up a moment. Let's define what is entrepreneurship so okay. that our listeners that who are still in a job are really clear about what that is. Yeah. In a nutshell, Entrepreneurship is nothing more than solving a problem for somebody else and making a profit in doing so. That's very simple. Say that again. 
That is so simple. Say it again. Yes, please. It's solving a problem for somebody else and making a profit. That problem can be solved in the form of a product, a service, a solution, or a system that you then charge for. So that's entrepreneurship. So to answer the question about the mindset, the entrepreneurship mindset, the person who's going to work every day just goes and does the job based on what they've been asked to do. And this is their job scope and they put their head down and they just plow through it. When you become an entrepreneur, you must adopt a different type of mindset. What I call the I can do the can do mindset. You can put your mind and heart to it and you plow through it. Now, that does not mean that you're not going to have uh, roadblocks along the way, that you're not going to have failures. And trust me, I have been there. I have had two businesses that were not successful in the end. In the beginning, they were doing great, but in the end, they weren't. So it's the ability to be able to fail forward and not be afraid of that failure. So if we take an example or a quote from Winston Churchill, he says, success is the ability to fail again and again and again without the loss of enthusiasm. So that you have so to be prepared to just go for it no matter what. And, and let, me, let me add one thing which I've also learned in my entrepreneur journey is that we cannot be ashamed of failure. One mm. is being afraid, the other one is being ashamed, right? Because a lot of time we fail and then we feel so... Like, oh, we shouldn't have failed. No, there's no such thing as shouldn't. Yes. Anything that can happen may happen. And we just need, when it happens, we just need to work with it or deal with it. Right? Yeah. Well, okay. we are, you make a good point there. So if we go back and you said shame. That mm. shame isn't necessarily because you didn't do well. It's the shame of the feeling of the people around you who have, who have imposed their views on you becoming oh, an entrepreneur. Yes. They may not be supportive of you. And therefore, you say, I'm going to go for it anyway. And it doesn't turn out ideally the way you'd like right away. And you suddenly have this feeling of shame because everybody else said you couldn't do it. But we need to be clear that no, not to hold that shame because of somebody else's feelings mm. or beliefs, but to, to say, no, this is part of the process. This is part of the journey that I am going to plow through. And I'm not going to feel shame around that. I'm just going to do it. And that's a, that's a very, very important point for all entrepreneurs who wants to, or who or employees who want to start a side hustle. Because a mm -hmm. lot of people, from my experience, a lot of people will have a lot of opinions on what you want to do or what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But I've learned that you only take opinions from people who are in the arena, who has done it or who is doing it. Everyone else, Yes. No. Forget them. No. Yeah. Now no. that's hard to hear when it's a loved one. Could be mm. your spouse, could be your parents, could be a teacher saying to you, you can't do it. So, and when you look up to these individuals, you question, is it, am I, am I guessing? Um, am I unsure? Is this really something I shouldn't be doing? You need to listen to you. Okay. Mm. And you need to be honest with them and say, I get it that you are not on the same path with me or that you don't see what I see, but I'm mm -hmm. going to ask that you support me for a certain period of time that you back me, that you have my back and allow me to give this a go, a solid go. 
And then after a certain period of time, if it doesn't seem to be working out, I will revisit this and decide whether or not I need to let it go. But I need you to support me. And even if they don't, then you need to surround yourself with people who are in your, as you say, immediate circle, mentors, teachers, people in the industry who have been there, that have gone there, and who can support you while you're getting started. And I think we, if you're going to do this side hustle and slowly move into entrepreneurship, we need to mix around with people who are doing the same or who have done it before. And I've mm -hmm. known of a lot of um, people with jobs who want to try their side hustle, but they, they are alone. Mm. And also hear people, people who have not done it, uh, hear their opinions and then get discouraged by it, right? And you're saying, no, yeah. we need to keep going because we believe in it yeah that's okay. when you say you simply say i love you i honestly love you but i need you to have my back and i'm going for it anyway and that's an important conversation yeah have the conversation are there any other i would say like very big mindset hurdles for mid-career professionals to make that paradigm shift well you already touched on one when you use the word shame but i'm going to use it in a different context mm. when a person loses a job and I've been there early on in my career. I lost a job for a silly reason. I knew I had not done anything wrong. I just knew that I didn't make my boss look so good. And he took it as personal that, oh, that that was an attack on him. Long story. Needless to say, when you don't, even when you lose a job and you haven't done anything wrong, there are these feelings, these emotions that come up, such as guilt, shame, embarrassment. Um, doubt, you question whether you're worthy or not. If these things start cropping up, this can block your ability to move into this entrepreneurship mindset. So while I'm going to say to you, if this is anybody who's out there listening, this might be you now, it might be you in January. You need to recognize that you have not done anything wrong. And yes, you are worthy. You are worthy of starting a business. You need to just sit in those emotions. Maybe I call it having a two-week pity party and sit in those emotions and then move on and then get your pen and paper out and start writing out what is the game plan? What is it that I have to offer? What's my knowledge? How can I market it? How can I package it? And how can I begin selling it as soon as possible? Pity party, yes. I have had a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yes. Okay. I've had a few. All right. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's talk about the gig economy. So the, mm. the rise of the gig economy seems like the environment is made just right for side hustles, right? So what factors should we consider before starting our side hustle? Okay. We also, first of all, need to acknowledge that the gig economy is also hurting the 40 and 50 year old person who's looking for a job because yes. companies are saying, wait, why should we hire this person full time when we can go into the gig, use the gig economy and hire somebody for 20 hours a week and not pay them benefits versus mm. somebody's full time. So you're absolutely right. The, this is uh, the gig economy is where we are able to tap into using technology. A um, good example would be uh, one version of the gig economy is, say, your um, Uber and Grab business. Mm -hmm. That is technology driven. It's where you sign up for a company to work with them, but as a freelancer. OK, so you can do it through technology or you can be an independent person and mm -hmm. you therefore 
decide what are your hours, what are your working hours, what are your fees, what are you going to charge, um, what days of the week are you going to work, you know, are you going to work four days a week? Now, let's be realistic. If you're a startup, you're going to be hustling, okay? And you're let's, let's change that word, too, because hustle can have a negative connotation. It means you're really working hard. When I like to just say, I want you to think of that side business, that side job opportunity is your passive income, or I like to call it your assertive income. It's your way of making a business on the side that you can do while you're still hopefully employed that is not in conflict. That is, you know, so you've got to be careful there that you're not stepping on company policies or anything like that. Um, that you're not in competition with your with your client or your company um, and just sit, sitting down and figuring out what's that side business that I can do that I can uh, work on either in the evening. Um, Gary Vanacek likes to call it your your evening business where you work from seven to midnight on that business. Some people just want to work on the weekends. So it's mm. completely up to you. You write the rules. You create the rules. So if you are in a job currently, Mm -hmm. then you can just do it slowly, right? There is no rush to it. Exactly. But if you're in between jobs, then you have the time to work on it at a deeper level, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. In, in fact, you know what? I'm going to even say, I'm going to challenge people to say, even if you're in a good job, I'm going to encourage you to speed up that process. Look at what the pandemic has done. Worldwide, people have lost their jobs unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. No one thought that this could happen and have such a global impact on people's livelihoods. You need to have a plan B now. You need to have a plan C. And so I'm a strong advocate of having your full-time job and getting that business up and running now, because you never know when that might be the money that you are tucking away. That might be the thing that's paying the bills, putting the groceries on the table, um, you know, keeping the lights on. And so those people that actually were able to have that business at least had some kind of income. Tomorrow's job is not promised to us. So start oh. today, find something today. And, you know, the good news would be if you're able to keep your job for as long as you want, you still have that money and that business building up. And who knows, it might get to the point where you either let go of that full-time job and you do this full-time, or you were able to sell off that business at a later date. But start now. Consider doing something today. Give it some I consideration. I want to add one more point is that a lot of people I've heard saying that they want to start a side business, but they don't know what, they don't know how. But mm -hmm. the whole idea is you need to start learning up or, or reading or talking to people about it. If not, you'll mm -hmm. never know. It just it doesn't come to you. You have to go to it, right? And exactly. as you're doing it, you're gonna learn a lot more and you realize even if you have done your so-called prep work, you realize how much more you need to know and how yes. much more you need to learn. Yes. It never ends, but you just have to start. It never it, ends right? because you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. You don't yeah. know what you don't know. So, uh, and that's where you seek help. And there's lots of books out there. There's lots of programs out there. You've got to get started. I would say the easiest thing to do is to create what's called the one page business plan. Okay. Mm. It's called the lean canvas, one page business plan. And it's, you can download the business plan off the internet and you simply answer the questions in the nine different boxes, and you literally can create a business plan in a day. Now that's that, the fast version. 
And there are also but, YouTube videos on how to fill up mm, those boxes, right? Yeah, so yes. it's easy. Mm -hmm. So start there. Start with an idea or answer these three questions. What do I have knowledge in? Where is there a hole or a gap in the marketplace? And who is the target audience? Who is the person that's experiencing this pain, this problem, this want, this need or desire? Mm. And you start putting circles. Each one's an individual circle. And where those things meet in the middle is your sweet spot. That's awesome. where you figure out how I can help that community with that problem, um, with my knowledge. And then I can build a business around that. That's a good place to start. I'm glad you brought this up because I also have one, one thing to say for people who are in jobs today is that you are more than your job scope. So a lot of people think that, oh, you know, I'm doing such and such in this organization. I only know this. Ah, no, it's not true. You actually have a lot more talent than you ever realized. You just need to be able to explore it. You just never had a reason to apply those talent and build on it. But if you start it, you never know where you go. Yeah. And definitely yeah. at 40 and 50, we have life experience. We have. So we have there could be a hobby that could translate into a business. Mm -hmm. You might love photography. That might become a business. There's so many things. But as you say, Dean, until you sit down and give it some thought um, and figure out what you don't know, start with what you do know and then fill in the gaps. And that's kind of where um, the 5060 book kind of came into play was nice. how can I share with people? What are the steps? Because you Talking need the Talking about steps. the 5060 book, so friends, uh, Pamela has written this book, the 5060 something startup entrepreneur. So this is, uh, when did you write this? Uh, it was published in 2018. 2018, yeah, okay. So it has amazing content. If you are thinking of starting a side business, I highly recommend you get this. Maybe later we can talk about how we can get all, all of this. Right. Um, I'll move on to the next uh, top uh, question. Which is better, a product-based or a service-based business? I've had or both. 50-something. Yeah. Um, I would say in this economy, people need to hang on to their money. The moment you have a product base and you need to buy inventory, you are taking money out of your pocket, putting product in a, a warehouse or wherever you're storing it. So your capital is tied up versus a service business where you're just having a conversation with people during a service. You don't have a great outlay of capital or amount of money. So I would encourage people to do a service based business where you're sell, you're a consultant. Okay, or you're a freelancer, you're doing something on the side, but it does not involve you taking money out of your pocket to purchase product or inventory. And we're seeing a lot of people that I spoke with a young lady not too long ago. She wanted, she got into multi-level marketing. Well, she had to buy all this product mm -hmm. to resell. And now it's sitting in her living room and she doesn't have anybody to buy it. So I've been there before. I had 92,000 US dollars worth of product sitting in the United States because the late delivery from a factory and I missed the selling cycle because it was children's golf clothing. And wow. so I had to wait six months. Now, $92,000, I 
that's money we could have been using somewhere else. So I highly advocate at this point for a startup, start with a service-based business where mm. it's not money coming out of your pockets, easy mm. to get up and running quickly. And today we also have drop shipping, which you don't have to hold mm -hmm. inventory, right? So mm -hmm. maybe, maybe friends, you can look into that, right? Yeah. Okay. It's definitely, that's another one. Now I'm curious, is this one of the path to financial freedom? Or is financial freedom even possible? What's your take on that? Is finance, I think people have different definitions of financial mm. freedom, okay? Mm. Um, and for some people, there'll never be enough money. That's true. No matter how much they earn. For me, the freedom is in the ability to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, and where I want to do it. Mm. So I know that my service-based business, I can pick up and go anywhere. So to be financially free is me setting a goal and saying, what do I want to, how do I want to live? So I always say to people, architect your life first and then architect the business. Mm -hmm. What is it you, what's the lifestyle you want to have? How much money do you need to have to live that lifestyle, to take care of your family, to take care of your medical needs, everything, your house, so, you know, the roof over your head, figure out what you need to earn. And then what can you earn on top of that? And mm -hmm. once you get to the point where you know that you have this money in the bank, to me, that is financial freedom when it's steady, when it's constantly coming in on a regular basis at a certain level. To me, that is financial freedom of not worrying up, getting up the next morning and going, where's my next dollar coming from? Chasing the next dollar, chasing the next sale. Financial freedom, I think, is def defined by different people in different ways. Mm -hmm. That would be how I would define it. Some people would say having, you know, a couple million dollars in the bank. Well, you know what, you can lose that quickly too, if you mm -hmm. don't have a plan or have a strategy of how to manage that money. So that so would be- So friends, that is one other thing that you need to think about, how much is enough and mm -hmm. how much is enough to keep you going. And then you can work around that because once you have enough to keep you going, everything else is a bonus. Right? Exactly. And so you literally you start with what is it you want, what lifestyle, what do you, how much is it going to cost you to live, to pay mm. your bills? Start mm. there. How much do I need every month? Then how much do I want to be saving for the rainy day for my retirement? What do I? How much do I need to be able to travel? And God forbid we'll get to travel again soon. Um, soon, I'm sure. Yes, yes, soon. So, and then you go, how much do I need above that? Then you come up with your figure and you reverse engineer it. You figure out how much do I need to, what is that per month? Um, if you're going to take two or three weeks off out of the year, then you go, okay, that's 52. That's going to be 40, 48 weeks. If I did my math right, 48 weeks, divide that by 48. How much do I need to be earning per week? And then what are the steps? What are the different elements of the business that I need to be earning? How can I earn it? through uh, various distribution channels and then work backwards. And then you have something to look at and judge and go, oh, am I on track or I'm not on track? Mm. Or do I need to elevate that? Or that's really working really well. Let's do more of that mm. and let's drop this one. But you have, it's not, let's just say this. People need to understand that entrepreneurship is not about a silver bullet. No. It's not a quick fix mm. and I'll get quick uh, rich scheme. It's about putting in the time, the effort, and feeling the reward and satisfaction of knowing that you've created this and taken your business to the next level. Absolutely. And that, that's the exciting part. 
I and it agree. is exciting. It really That's, is. Okay. Another thing, based on your experience helping your clients and and knowing about people who are doing side businesses, what part of this process do you think is most challenging for our friends who are listening in and thinking about this? What should they be looking out for? Challenges. And the second question is, at what point would they know that it's time for them to move from it being a side business to the actual business? That means they leave their jobs. Okay. Or fire their boss, as they would say it. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's a fun thing, too. Um, the first question, I think most people are challenged with um, sales and marketing. Mm. primarily the sales side. So once you set up the business, it's like, okay, you get into it, but then I got to go out and sell it. Now I got to go and sell, but here's what you're not selling a product or service. You're selling a solution, but you're also selling yourself. And this is where people get uncomfortable. This is where they get stuck. Mm. You can get to the point where you realize that it's not about you selling something. It's about you helping somebody, being in service to somebody else, then you are obligated to go out there and be available to that person who needs your product or service. And when you do that and you demonstrate in your language and your conversation and your marketing copy, that that's how you help, people will find you. They will come to you. Okay. So we say sell the problem and be the solution. So sales is the number one. Marketing is another one. Just having a strategy, figuring it out, you know, figure set a, uh, a budget, then start writing your campaigns and working out what is it that you want to achieve and then measuring your success from that. Mm. So sales and marketing uh, would be the, the first two challenges. Now, second question, Dean, again, was? When will, okay, before I go into the question, I have, over. I have a point, I have a point. Mm. I have a point to make is that in business, even if it's a side business, you need to get comfortable promoting your business your services, mm -hmm. and yourself. It doesn't matter what kind of business you are, you have to promote yourself. And if you have a problem promoting yourself, then it's going to be really challenging. I know a lot of people who's, who feel really uncomfortable saying that, oh, I'm good at that, I'm good at this. Mm -hmm. um, you have to get over it somehow. If not, yeah. it's not going yeah. People don't buy products and services. They buy people. people. Buy people. Yep. They it's buy true. you. Yes. Okay. So to answer the last question, which was when at what when, point when you can switch over? Okay. Um, I would say that if you're in a full-time job now and you're comfortable, you're living in the lifestyle that you wish to uh, be living. Okay, you're comfortable. Uh, you, you can pay the bills uh, comfortably. You've got you know roof over your head, money in the bank. Now, when your side business gets to the point where you're earning either equivalent or above that of what you're earning in your full-time job. And you've been able to do that for at least minimum, minimum of six months in a row where your income, your side business matches that of your current income. Mm. Then you can start to consider that. What I would say is if you are doing that well, I would stick with this for a little bit longer because then you can tuck this business money away. Okay. And you have that money for when something might come up, when we might have an unexpected pandemic, when you might accidentally break your leg and you can't work for for six months. Maybe that, you know, full time job, you have to be out and about. But I would say no less than six months 
maybe nine months before you start saying, okay, this has been nine months of steady income at the same income or greater than my full-time job before you start to, to branch off. And look at what's happening in the world before you do that to say, can, is this going to get stronger? Can I continue with this? Or where can I start to branch off and add more before you actually separate? Unless you absolutely can't stand it and you go, I'm ready, then go for it. But at least you have to have show that you're able to sustain that for a certain period of time um, at a high level before you can actually go and say, you know what, it's, I'm ready to say goodbye to that, to that nine to five. Great. So with that, I think that's a good point when we say, friends, really consider about your side business. Start today, start thinking about it, start maybe get a few people together who are also thinking about it and start discussing it. And it's always good to have someone who has done it before. If you don't know anyone who's done it before, well, there's Facebook, there's LinkedIn, there's so many people out there who's always willing to help. Don't be afraid, just reach out to them and ask. You can reach out to Pamela, you can reach out to me, and we can give you some advice. And how can you reach out to Pamela? Let me show you. Okay, so Pamela, you would be preferred to be connected on LinkedIn, right? Yes, let's do that. Let's start there. Okay, so you just uh, send me a message. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll go from there. All right. So with that, Pamela, your last words to people who are on the fence. I always like to talk to people who are on the fence, who are thinking about it, but it's not started it. Because people who have thought about it and they don't want, of course, they will not do it. But these people. The key is to not worry about what other people think. You've mm. got to get past that. And if you know you've got a service or a product inside you that's that can help other people, sit down and map it out. Um, mm. And then absolutely just go for it. You might even want to keep it quiet to yourself for a while. And then you can say to your family, hey, look, this is what I've done. And then they will get on board with you. Um, but know that you can do this. You can do this. And know that even though we have not met, I am going to be your cheerleader behind the scenes, rooting you on because I know you can do it. And until you get to the point where you feel that you can, you know that I'm going to be your cheerleader rooting you on because I know there's the potential for you to start your own business and be successful at it. And so have fun. Fan, we, we have already inspired one person, Gamit Corset, oh, just in time for this because I'm about to start something. Thanks, Pamela and Dean. Yeah, yeah. Gamit. All the best. Yes. All the best to you. <laughs> Congratulations. Yay. So with that, friends, uh, thank you, Pamela. Thank you, everyone, for watching in whether it's live or you're replaying this, it's great. And, and please tell people about, not just about this video, but also about the idea of side hustle. And with that, um, let's see. Uh, with that, I have to say goodbye, Pam. Say goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Dean. Thank you, everyone. Bye. All the best in your entrepreneur journey.